This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. On the show today, you'll find out where book publishing is going and how to take advantage of it. How to identify and avoid publishing predators. What opportunities are emerging as the book trade evolves in new forms. How to avoid losing money and much, much more. Join us now as a variety of publishing pros will deliver insights and strategies to take the author to the next, next level of publishing. It's your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Brought to you by Author You and The Book Shepherd. And now, here's your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Well, top to you, uh, I should say, top of the day to all of you on your publishing journey. I know we have such a variety of listeners. Some are just newbies, green, just starting to chew on the bit a little bit. Others have got their books out and they're looking for tidbits and little hints and ahas that will take them to whatever the next, next level is. So with me is someone who does a lot of the things that I do. And it's 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 involves in book coaching and getting the right book out and sometimes how to just get goosed, getting you unstuck, moving you all those areas. Julianne Eason is the author of the profitable business author, which I think is a great way to look at it. And you really all need you've heard me say this before, this is a business. And unless you are willing to embrace it, encompass it, believe it and really live it, most likely you're just going to limp along. You've got to learn some of the ins and outs of how this works and and, and make your your book sing, literally. So Julianne is a ghostwriter. She does book coaching. She has a terrific online mentorship program, and she helps a variety of entrepreneurs, authors, writers, speakers, coaches, even CEOs, and works a lot in the nonfiction and the business community to create a high-quality book that literally you won't have a regret with. She's been professionally writing for over 20 years, and she has a podcast called The Successful Author Podcast, where she interviews book industry experts on writing, publishing, and how to market their books. You can find her at Eason, and that's E-A-S-O-N dot com. But let's just jump in to some of the things that will really create you as a successful author. How are you today, Julianne? I am so happy and honored to be talking with you, Judith. This is a real pleasure. Well, you know, it was such fun. You sent me your book a year ago, and I've held on to it because thinking, yep, I want to get her on the show. Because, you know, you do, as I said, a lot of the things that I do working with authors. But I got early on that your book is one of the single best calling cards that you can have. The, the tragedy for me is so many authors create really crappy looking ones. And oh there's. My God. Yes, Isn't that the that. truth? Yeah. Yes. So, and to me, there is no excuse for it. Not today. Not not with the availability that we can find people to work with. Um, now, we have to be careful, and I think you and I can probably kiss on some of the things to watch out for during our yes. hour today. But you've got to be careful. But there are there is unbelievable talent out here that can create a book that you can compete easily with any anything that rolls off. The, the New York Times 
printing presses. Let's just say it that way, because <laughs> yeah, I actually think of Times. just yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, because I think I think of most New York Times books and and books that come along that way is really um, a printing press manufacturer because you as the author I've said and you've all heard me say this a gazillion times you're going to be the person who markets your book and to me most publishing today that's done with the traditional publishing bent to it is more what I call Velcro publishing because it, it unless it sticks to the wall and your book gets some legs within 2 weeks of publishing from New York you are yesterday so exactly yeah and, and you know isn't it interesting julie how why don't authors get that why is there still this myth out there that i'm going to be kept i will be taken care of they will do everything for me well, because I think that used to be the way it was. Um, it, I think it was. I it was. So you know, and yeah. and I think that you know the publishing industry is ancient, and they they move very slowly. They don't want to change really because they don't you know they haven't had to until now, and so that this myth that's out there about publishing, the whole you know process of oh you have to either go through the slush pile or you have to get an agent and you need query letters and there's all of these these crazy hoops you have to jump through. There was a reason for that back in the day. I mean, publishers, number one, they needed those things in place because they had to um, they had to weed out the things that were not appropriate to be published, but they also helped put them up on a pedestal. So they were like the only way to get published was to go through a publisher. And so, you know, they, they said, well, we know all the secrets, and so we can, um, you know, we can help you, and we will, we will deign to help you, uh, you know, publish your book and market your book, and we will get you into the bookstores, and this is all things you don't need to worry your pretty little head about. Um, and that, that's a little bit drastic, but <laughs> it gets the point across. Well, oh, um, no, no, no. I, look, at you're talking to a former uh, New York snob. 18 of, my, 18 of my books were published with New York. I was, by the way, one of those kept authors. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it was the best. Yeah, it's great when yeah. it works, doesn't it? Yeah, my agent was William Morris. I Listen, I was in the, the cat seat. But there, there is a transition that happens when you start tuning in to how to publish. And once you get that, and no matter which way. Now, I didn't have to work. To the level I have to work as an independent publisher today. I didn't have to right. work as a kept author because, you know, I was kept. I mean, I got hugs and kicks. It was great. But and, it, and all you had to do is put out content as much as you possibly could. <laughs> that was your I, job. I put out content and I showed up and I was available for media and they. I had a personal escort that always went out with me and took care of me. It was great. It was great. The reality is that's not the way it is today. And it it would, you know, you you might as well be thinking dinosaurian if that's the way you think it's going to be because it tanked. They they will still produce your book. They'll produce your book. The editing that they do today is not the equivalent of what was done back 20 years ago or even 10 years ago. That has lessened up quite a bit. And the marketing today just is almost non-existent. The expectations is, and that's why they want to know who you are on social media. That's why they right. want to know who all your contacts. That's why they want in your proposal when you pitch nutritional publishing a very detailed marketing plan on what you're going to do to move this book. And you know what I think, Judith? I think that that's the best 
news ever for authors because, honest to God, traditional publishers, I hate to say this, but they're not very good at marketing because marketers who are out there and that's their business all day, every day. I mean, I, I was part of my 20 years of writing has, has been as a copywriter, and I've, I work with these marketers, and I know how they think, and I know exactly how they are planning to sell their books, and it's a heck of a lot better than the way that traditional publishing has been doing it and, and even the, the small changes that they've made, not even close to what a professional marketer, people who know what they're doing, can do. And, and there's so much information out there that you can, you can really figure out the basics for yourself and do way better than you would ever do as a kept author if you really mm -hmm. focus on it. And why do you think, I mean, I have my own theories, but Julie, why do you think that um, authors can do better than what the traditional folks do? Because it's your baby. Your, it's your book. You care about that book. And you care about the outcome that you planned for that book. Way more than some dude in New York City hanging out in an office. You know, they've got hundreds and hundreds of books that they have to put out and figure out which ones they're going to print and make sure the covers. They've got a big job for lots and lots of people. No one is going to care about your book as much as you care about your book. And it's your job, honestly, even before it really, the authors who promoted themselves helped. It was very helpful. It, it, no one's going to care about it as much as you do. And no one's going to know your target audience as well as you do. No one's going to know, you know, exactly where to reach people as easily as you will. When you really get down to the basics of, of book marketing and getting yourself out there, you are the best person to do it. Or at least you be the one to plan it and then have, you know, assistants who can help you do it. Yeah, but you know, I, I, I actually agree with one and two, but I'm going to put a little little subscript underneath here. It is shocking to me how many authors I ask, you know, when I want them to give me their 15-second or less pitch, but that, too, when I ask them who their, uh, who's their ideal audience, who's their ideal reader, they stumble. I mean, for, often yeah. they'll say, it's everyone, you know, get it's over everyone. that one. Yeah, but yeah, they, yeah, they stumble. When I work with, with clients, when I'm ghostwriting, um, and even in my book and the, and the workbook that goes with it, um, the very first question is, what is your goal for this book? And the second question is, what's your target audience? And anybody out there listening to this who's planning to have someone help them with their book, whether it's for writing or marketing or whatever, mm -hmm. if they don't ask you those two questions, do not hire them. Because those are the most important questions. And if you don't know the answer, that's okay. You can, they can help you. That's their job is to help you figure it out. But you've got to know that. I mean, you've got to know who exactly who you're writing for because those are the people you have to target later on with your mm -hmm. marketing. Mm -hmm. And and it's, it's critical. I mean, I can't get over how critical this is. And and you know what, dear author listening in, it makes your job, marketing job, so much easier. The more you can, I've always said, the more you niche yourself, the bigger your target becomes. When you become yes. a go-to, drill down, I need this information, or I just want to spend a few hours with this person because they make me laugh, or they make me sight or they take me on a story ride that is truly unbelievable. That's where your super fans come from. So when you target, why, why you want to find your super fans? Because these are the super fans that Julie and I are talking about. When you find them, you feed them, nurture them, and grow them. And you literally, your marketing becomes things you can do, almost do blindfolded with them. Yeah, if you get a, you don't need very many, just two or three people to start with. 
Mm-hmm. So that's enough to start the swell of, of word of mouth marketing, which is like the holy grail for any kind of marketing. You, you want people to talk about you and your book and and what it is that you do. For, for my authors, it's always, you know, there's a business goal at the end of it. They want to get clients and customers. So that, you know, all of that has to be written into the book. But even for fiction authors, you know, you've got to get people talking about that. And it oh. starts with one yeah. person, just one. It just you know, one is the beginning. About, yeah. Yeah. All right. We're going to come right back. We're going to take a quick break. Julianne Eason's with me, and we're talking about really your author success. book publishing everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask with your host dr judith briles and we'll be right back with more great information right after these is there a book in you or another author you will show you how to create develop and publish your book without being hooded if you already have a book out You'll find a supportive and brainstorming community that's connected and creative no matter where you live. Author U brings in national experts for its book camps and annual author extravaganza held each May. It has regular meetings and delivers webinars for its members on timely topics. Through Author U's extensive network, members enjoy exclusive benefits, including significant discounts for a variety of services necessary to publish. The Resource, its online book publishing news magazine, is content-heavy and it's free. If you want to create a book that has possessed punch and panache author you is for you if you're a hobbyist or a casual author it's not join author you today through its website at authoru.org. follow author you on twitter at author you and on facebook at author you where timely author and publishing tips and articles are posted daily author you where the author goes to become seriously successful Impressions are everything in the world of book publishing. Whether your book is an ebook, a print version, or both, your book cover needs to pop, sizzle, and sparkle to immediately capture the attention of your audience. And your book's interior needs to be just as dynamic and reflect the professionalism your readers demand. Nick Selinger of NZ Graphics has won numerous national and international book awards for his cover designs and interior layouts. With over 20 years of experience in graphic design, he knows what it takes to create award-winning books and the many promotional pieces that authors need, such as posters, banners, postcards, one-sheets, business cards, logos, and more. Visit ncgraphics.com and see what authors and publishers have to say about their award-winning books and how NZ Graphics can make your book the success it was meant to be. That's nzgraphics.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Yeah. 
All right, we're back, and with me is Julianne Eason, and she has lots of hats she wears. She's also the author of The Profitable Business Author, which I would recommend to all you. The subtitle is How to Write a Book that Attracts Clients and Customers. So for nonfiction authors, this is a good tool to have in your hand. Of course, you want to write a good book, and you need to know what the problem is and what their pain is, and by God, you better deliver solutions. How's that for a summary, Julianne? Perfect. <laughs> there you go. That that is my summary of how you write a nonfiction book. <laughs> and there's a lot of ways to do that. That's what the rest of the, yeah. the content is. You didn't just give away the whole book. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, but here's why you know your books are your brand. You're the author, your brand, whether you use your real name or you choose to, to pick somebody else's, but you're the real brand. Um and that you're building what we'd love to think is an empire. Um, and, and that evolution and how those things evolve. And clearly, I mean, I've had clients come in, I had one client come in for one book and he left with 15 by the time I saw how I could repurpose and we could do different things. I mean, it was an amazing feat. So, um, you can do this, but Julian and I were talking about, you know, why, why authors think, I mean, she had a couple of points, um, on why authors think that, Signing with a traditional, or, or why they, here, here was a question, why can they do a better job at marketing um, and pushing their book than why a traditional publisher? Did you have any more to add on your list? You said you, it's your baby and uh, you know who your audience is, and I distracted right. because sometimes they care. don't. All right. Anything really else care. on your laundry list? Um, so you need to think strategically and long term with your books. Whether you, if you're a fiction author and you want to be a professional author, and you want to do nothing but write books the rest of your life, you need to think strategically about those books and how they will be marketed because you will starve to death in this industry if you don't think about the marketing. And one way to do that is write in a series, you know, how many, or write a, around one world. So how many Star Trek books have been written around, around one world that had, was one idea? Or how many Harry Potter books? I mean, they're coming out with new ones, even though they officially ended this, the series. You know, all of those types of things that strategically thinking long term, using your marketing smart mm-hmm. to sell all of your books. If you're writing mm-hmm. nonfiction, like you just said, taking content and being able to repurpose it is great because the more books you have out there, the more, number one, the more people you can help and serve with specific problems. But number two, the more influential you appear. You know, it's all about perception. Everything in, in every world in marketing is, is about perception and perceived value. And these days, it used to be, oh, you're an author, you have a book, I'm totally hiring you. But nowadays, there's everybody's an author. It's like a business card. You have to have a book. So just having a book isn't good enough anymore. Oh, you have two books. Oh, you have three books. Wow, you really know your, your topic. You really know this stuff. Cool, I'm hiring you instead of the other person who does have one book. Yeah, That's and we're talking, yeah, we're talking about consulting and we're talking about speaking um, and yeah. that kind of thing and, and that kind of deer. And the, and the series person bicycles. does... I mean, (laughs) you know, any business, I've had this conversation on a lot of different radio shows, but any, any business, if you're a restaurant, if you're a dry cleaner, I mean, anybody can benefit from having a book. Um, And, and it really is becoming the new baseline because it's so technically simple to write one and publish one. It's not in reality, practically simple because there's a lot that goes into doing it really, really well. And that's what you do. And you make amazing books for, for people, and, and that's also what I do, making sure that the books that come out you're proud of and that you're happy to market them. Because if you're embarrassed of your book, you're not going to want to market it. 
Oh, and and by the way, uh, our listeners, I I have had many many books that I have actually apologized from the platform when I was speaking about how crappy they looked and and who published them. <laughs> oh, people like Simon and Schuster, McGraw Hill, <laughs> you know, little yeah. names, little names, little names. All right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna add another point on one of the reasons why you do a better job. Um, on it. And when I was, when I first, my very first book came out in 1981. So, you know, some people might think I'm long in the tooth, but my teeth are just fine. (laughs) I am am tap dancing like crazy. But the reality is that I learned in the publicity department, because remember I was the kept author, that they had what I began to call the Jennifers. And during the 80s, Jennifer was a very popular name. And usually in the publicity department, it was dominated by women. And it's still pretty much that way. It was dominated by women with a traditional publisher. And a lot of times, the Jennifer was there for maybe six months or max a year. They were also called interns. Mm -hmm. And so the intern had almost a quota you know, they're learning, they're doing things, they're reaching out, they're chirpy, they're friendly, they've got vibrant, they've got wonderful voices, usually they did. And the issue is that they would they would um, have, you know, their goal is to get X amount on Today Show, X amount on Good Morning America, X amount on National Placement, X amount on radio, X amount they had. So you really become part of the quota system. And mm-hmm. the reality is if, if, you know, if they book somebody on today, it's a happy dance and, and maybe it's not you. So that's one of the things, it's real easy to get lost in that deal. That's real easy to happen. So, right. it, you know, so that, that was one of my reasons. And then, and then I have a fourth reason is the whole issue of that when I see a lot of the press releases that are created, the media releases, a lot of them are really mediocre. And you uh-huh. can, there's some good tips and trips. And I, I actually did a webinar last week. I with was Jim just going to say, you just did yeah. an awesome webinar on, on press releases. Yeah, I, I just did a webinar on step-by-step how to do a press release. You know, what nuggets you need and what order they need to come in. Um, you can learn this stuff. And when you do, that's when... You do what I did is you all of a sudden realize I don't need you. In fact, if I do it myself, yes, I have to front the money to do the manif- the production side, the cover design and the uh, interior design and the printing. But then I keep everything basically. Um, mm-hmm. if, if I'm selling back the room, which most 95% of my books were sold that way. But the second thing is, even the worst case, the the least amount I'm going to get on my book is a 45% return. And when you start right. crunching the numbers, and if you really have a marketing plan in place and you're moving it, you will come out way ahead. But it's work. Yeah. It's work. It is work, and it, and it takes... It's it's work in the in the education phase. You have to figure it yes. out, and then yes. it's work in the implementation phase. And the best thing you can do is listen to Judith and, and listen to the show all the time because it's it's amazing how much you can learn just listening in an hour to a conversation. You'll get one idea, and you can go and run with that one idea rather than getting bogged down with a million different strategies because 
let's face it, you know, you can Google marketing, book marketing strategies on, on online and you'll come up with a million different things you can do. But yes. it, it's really, there's no substitute for, for listening to an expert who's been around for a while <laughs> and oh, oh, experience oh. In, in all sorts of things. Yeah, and here's my tip, the hot tip for the day. When you Google anything, ignore all the ads on the top. Oh, yeah. Of your first page. Ignore them all because a lot of times your predators are lurking at the top of all the banners. So let me just say that one. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So so I know it's pretty, it's pretty bad. And and some of the worst ones are there. All right. So let's, let's talk about the strategic mindset and, and to adapt that. So I always love the idea of starting a series. And so that means you chat with your designer to, if you've got a series in play, you know what? You want to design your covers so they start, have a marriage to them. There's a synergy about them. Um, yeah, and, and it'll so make smart. a huge difference. It'll make a huge difference. That's so smart. So but when you when you plan out a series, most people, I think, it, it seems to me, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me like most, at least fiction authors, will start with a book, and they'll be so excited, and they'll either write it too long, and they need to split it, or they'll or they'll think of other books that they can write in the series, and it's so almost an afterthought. And you're right; they they'll get different covers designed that are that are completely off base. Um, but even even if you've already published one and you've decided to go to a series, you can redesign that cover because you're the boss, right? You're you're in charge of of your publishing. That's another reason to, to not have to be married to the traditional publisher. Mm-hmm. Reissue a cover. Have a great designer do a yes. series design and yeah. and really make it top notch. And you're going to stand out. That's the biggest thing is you've got to stand out with the three million other books being published this year. Yes, and and you know, Julianne just said a magic number, three million. Now that's not coming out of New York. You're you're talking every every twelve uh, page book. You're talking yeah. every every everything <laughs> that is shouting out for a buyer's attention. So yeah. you have got to figure out how you can visually, as well as reader readability or audio ability. Now, let me crowd. give a little a, a little tip for especially for Amazon, okay? And this came up literally yesterday. Um, I had an author in one of my accountability groups on Facebook. Um, her published she is being traditionally published, and her publisher wanted her to get um, some feedback on titles and subtitles. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll go take their little survey because it's helpful and everything. And and it, I don't want to give it away. Cause I don't want anybody to feel bad. But the the topic was a business topic and they did not they, they they went with ideas that they had inside their own heads about um, what the title and subtitle should be and I took 20 seconds and went on Amazon and looked up what the keywords that people were typing in to find a book like that and they were using none of them in any of the titles or subtitles they had like 10 different ones and none of them covered what people are actually searching for so if you want to get found First, you have to be the ones that show up when people type it in. So if someone types in, you know, business books or business authors, you've, you've got to have, like, there's a reason that I have my title of my book is The Profitable Business Author. Because business author is a keyword for me. 
And it's a, it's a key market. All right, we're going to be right back. We're talking about how to make you successful. It's Judith Riles and it's author you, your guide to book publishing. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. Want to publish like a pro today? Well, then take a look at Ingram Spark, the only publishing platform that offers print and ebook services through a single source. Upload, edit, and manage titles all in one place. Take more control of printing costs with print on demand and reach even more readers through one of the world's most extensive distribution networks. Built by independent publishers for independent publishers, Ingram Spark has everything you need to maximize your book's potential. Color printing, ebook distribution, print on demand, global reach, and more. Start publishing with Ingram Spark today and see just how far your titles will go tomorrow. That's IngramSpark.com. Many of us have dreamed of writing a book. Some of us even have. Then the hard work starts. You'll need an editor. Who will design the cover or typeset the pages? Who will format the ebook? If you're a business owner, consultant, or coach with a serious message and expertise to share, the team of experts at 1106 Design can guide you through the maze. They've helped more than a thousand authors create top quality books and avoid the not so reputable self publishing companies. Learn more at 1106design.com. Then call Michelle at 602 866 3226. 1106Design. Ned Thompson and Harry Shore started Thompson Shore in 1972. They believed employees with great character would make up the best company. They were right. They hired people who were not only experts in bookmaking, but who were obsessed with quality and delivering exceptional customer service. Almost 40 years later, Thompson Shore remains a 100% employee-owned company. Ned and Harry knew that successful customer projects are a direct result of empowered employees. We specialize in all books for large and small publishers. Creating beautiful and well-made books, we're dedicated to pleasing our customers by making the experience a good one from start to finish. The personal touch we have with our customers allows us to be innovative in solving their most difficult challenges. Our platform also ensures that we can remain flexible to meet our customers' unique needs and expectations. Our marketing kit can create buzz for your title, enhancing the promotion of your book during infancy. When you need to test the market to gauge your future sales, we can provide digitally printed books that will transition seamlessly into a larger offset run. From ebook to hard copy to delivery, our skillful customer service teams are at the ready to answer your most pressing questions. At Thompson Shore, we know that making the highest quality books requires more than just best technologies. It requires superior customer service, professionalism to the trade, and commitment to environmental and social values. With these standards of excellence in place, you can be sure that we will always help you put your best book forward. Welcome. 
Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. Coming up, you'll hear more about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. All right, we're back. I've with me is Julianne Eason, and we both have our own uh, author-related podcasts. She is a ghostwriter. She is does book coaching like I do, and a variety of things, and really has a, a wonderful focus towards really working with nonfiction authors and getting them to really turn in their books into business cards um, and building their business and going through all that. Her website is Julie. And, and that's Anne with the E, Eason, E-A-S-O-N.com. So we were talking about uh, writing serials to really get the strategic mindset. What other things we should have in this? Or the not serials. We could do that for fiction, but series. <laughs> <laughs> we could writing do that. Writing books in a series. Yeah. Yep. What, so, what other um, goodies so what are go in there? What other ways to be strategic? Okay. So another way to be strategic is... So we're talking about basically the whole, the whole idea is to, to think ahead and to have a goal in your brain of what you want the outcome of the book to be. And that is the number one job. Before you even write a word, that's what you really want to do. Most people think, oh, I've got a book inside me. I really want to write a book. Or, oh, my business needs a book. Or I need something to put out at a trade show or whatever. But you've got to figure out what is the goal that you want to happen with this book? Do you want clients and customers knocking down your door? Do you want to get the next book out and the next, you know, if it's a fiction book, do you want the next book in the series to sell? And how are you going to make that happen inside the book? How are you going to write your book so that your outcome happens? So, for, for example, when I work with business authors, I have a very specific system for getting a, a reader to, number one, get the book to, to buy the book or to um, grab a copy at a trade show or wherever. Mm-hmm. I have a very specific system in the first two or three pages of exactly what I want to put in there so that when people go and look, do the look inside feature on Amazon, they immediately want to buy the book. Or if they don't buy the book, they want to go to my website and figure out, or, or the author's website, how, you know, how that person can help them. And then I have very specific things in every single chapter that drive people to an author's website and get them on a mailing list so that that particular author can talk to those people and market to them and maybe help them out with a, with a problem that they've got. That works for tax accountants. It works for bakeries. It doesn't matter what mm-hmm. you're doing. Like, there's all kinds of ways you can do it. So that's knowing your outcome. I want clients and customers and planning things inside the book to lead to that outcome. Same exact thing with fiction series. So if you know that you want to be a professional author and you want to write books and series the rest of your life, you need to know that, number one, you're going to want to have a prequel because that prequel is going to be given away for free on your website because people want to know more about the world that you're writing about. Or maybe they want to know more about the psychology or the characters or whatever it is. But you need to get people on a mailing list so that when your next book is ready... Mm-hmm. They go and they're still excited. They're still living in your world. They're still getting messages from you. They're getting blog posts, all these kinds of things. If they're not on a mailing list, you've lost them. And maybe they'll pick up your second book. Maybe they won't. But if they're on a mailing list, then you can continue to talk to them and keep them excited about the series and keep you know let them into your life as, as an author, what it's like, because people think authors are 
you know, <laughs> these glamorous people who live amazing lives, which we do. Um, but having that outcome in your, in your brain at the very beginning when you're mm-hmm. figuring out how you're going to structure your book so that when it comes time to do the next book or sell your products or services, there's, there's things inside the book that lead people to that desired outcome. You can't let it happen by chance because 99% of the time it will not, it will not happen. And then you end up saying, oh, that was a waste of time, or oh, I really loved writing that book. It was a great experience, but yeah, nobody ever bought it. Oh, so well, then, it, then your book, then the book becomes like Chinese food. Sounded good while I was here, but I don't know what I, you know, I have no idea. <laughs> unless, unless for me it has MSG in it, then I'm violently ill. But oh, no. <laughs> it stays with me no, for a while. Terrible. Yeah. So let me let me ask you because you've you've already you've already teased us. Not fair to tease like that. So give us a couple. Of, <laughs> can you give us a couple of the tips that you would recommend that would be the hook? You know, yeah. and, and, the, and the metaphor I love to use for trying to hook is to imagine someone fishing and they throw out the line and it just, you know, it's, it's there, it drops in, and then there's a little nibble and you start to do the reel in, real, mm-hmm. real, real, and snag, you got them. So, right. you know, that's what you've got to do with these, these kind of factors that you throw out when you, you know, you're looking for the desired outcome. And as Julianne says, you know, I want, I actually might, I got my desired outcome at any trade show. Number one, I spoke with and, but two, I always got it from my back cover, which is, I think where mm-hmm. it's got to start, but that, yeah. um, and I know when I look at the search inside features that I always flip it over to look at the back cover very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, to see if is to see if it has the marketing copy I'm looking for, and then I'll yeah. scan in on the inside. But that that um, so it, it share us a couple of tips that you would recommend. Okay, so you already you already said one. The first thing is people will see the cover and they're going to judge it by the cover. If you yes. attract the cover, they're going to flip over to the back side. Yep, and they're going to look at the and, and what you. The first thing is you have to realize that. Sales writing or copywriting is not the same thing as writing your book. It's completely oh, different style. Yes. That's it's right. a different. It's it's completely different. And so the back cover of your book is a sales page, and you need yep. to sell using yep. that back cover. The same thing goes for your description page on Amazon. It is a sales page, and a lot of people don't realize this. But if you ever looked on Amazon and you've seen the, the description page, and some books. The whole thing is one long paragraph that looks just, just looks like crap, like you're not even going to read it. And then other books, there's, it's all formatted and pretty, and there's bolded headlines, and there's different colored text, and there's bullet points, and it looks like a beautiful sales page. Yep. There's a reason for that. That's because on, on Amazon, when you upload things, and even if you didn't do it, you can still request that it just be done. You can use HTML, which is just web coding, in a certain way to... Make yep. a beautiful sales page, but they're not going to do that for you. You have to know that you can do that. So that's one way to do it: is using it, good it, copywriting techniques. Yeah, Another and tip you, is, yep. okay. I was going to say that's why that when I all the authors I work with, I insist that I write their back cover because yeah. that that's the way I go. And then the second thing Thank is <laughs> after after they create their Amazon page, then you come back and give me your password because I will go in and fix it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I mean, it's, people get intimidated by the, by the HTML and the coding and everything, but really if you can, if you can set up a blog post, you can do this and you can do yes. the coding. And I have yeah. a video on, on successful author podcast. It's actually just going up this week. 
yeah. on how to do that. Like, I'll walk you right through it. It is not hard. You, and it's really, the coding part is just copy and paste, but you have to use a, a, um, a WYSIWYG editor, what you see is what you get editor, which is what there are on all of the blogs, uh, blog platforms. And if you don't know how to blog, you need to learn because that's something that you're going to be doing the rest of your life <laughs> to market your book. So you Absolutely. need to learn how to do that anyway. So another <sighs> tip is <clears throat> pay attention to the real estate. Let's, let's keep talking about the look inside feature, okay, because that is prime sales real estate. And what I mean by that is you only get a certain number of pages in that look inside feature, okay? People don't care about what typically comes in the first two or three pages of a book. So they're going to flip through the copyright page. They're going to flip through the acknowledgments and the dedication and, you know, all of the little things ahead of time that waste space in Look Inside. So if you are traditionally published, you're probably not going to have a choice with this. They're going to still put those things in the front. But there is a trend that is happening. It's really slowly happening, but I'm pushing all of my authors to do it. Take all that stuff and put it in the back because there's no reason, there's no law for it to be in the front unless, I mean, okay, if you are going to sell to libraries, maybe you need to have that copyright page in the front. Other than that, put it in the back because what you want is as soon as people click on look inside, if it's a nonfiction book, you want to have your table of contents be the first thing that they see. And you want that table of contents written in a very specific way because it's also a sales piece. I teach people how to turn their table of contents into a sales machine. And it's very simple and it's in my book. So go get my book and you can figure it out. But my point is to, um, to really pay attention. If, if the best stuff in your book is not being seen until they have to flip four or five pages before they find it, they're not going to bother. You have like two seconds to grab their attention. So make sure that the interesting stuff is, is in that first two or three pages. One thing you can do, especially if you are a nonfiction author and a business author, is you can add a bonus that people can go to your website. This is one of the ways that I get people to websites and get them to sign up for an author's mailing list. Put a webinar or a free bonus or, like, in my book, there's a workbook. The very first page they see is, hey, get your free workbook. They can get it whether they buy the book or not. I don't care because if they don't buy the book and they go get the workbook, they're going to see the stuff and they're going to get my, my emails, and eventually they'll buy the book anyway. So that's Which the very smart. first thing I want yeah. them to see yeah. Is, a, yeah. is something they can get for free. If you are a fiction author, put your prequel. You know, you have a free book that they can get, maybe it's book one if you're, if you're in a series and you're starting with book two, maybe it's a prequel, maybe it's a character sketch, maybe it's a, you know, a print of your world on a beautiful map. Whatever it is that they can get for free, put it there so they see it first because they're going to go and check it out. And even if they don't buy your book, they'll buy it later. But okay. the important thing is to get them on your mailing list. I, I actually have an idea. We're going to take our final break, but I have an idea okay. on how to how to kiss both worlds at the same time. We'll be right back. Awesome. It's author you. It's Judith Frells, and you're with Julianne Easton with me today. This is your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. And we'll be right back with more great information right after these. The book shepherding concept is simple. The publishing world is changing and so must you. 
You need an experienced shepherd and a guide to partner with you as you create, strategize, develop, publish, and achieve your publishing goals. You can't do it alone without paying the price. You can spend your money creating a book that turns out to be so-so, or you can create a book that looks and feels classy, builds your brand, and is a financial success, a bestseller. It's your choice. You choose. You need the book shepherd. Publishing is riddled with obstacles, sometimes nightmares for the author. You don't need problems. You want solutions. Dr. Judith Browse will shepherd you through the maze and the chaos. At times, she's had to step in and rescue a book, a book that has been sabotaged by a publisher or by a publishing service provider or sometimes even the author themselves. Judith Bryles is the book shepherd. If you want to create a book with no regrets, give her a call today, 303-885-2207. That's 303-885-2207 or email her at judith at bryles.com. By the way, Bryles is spelled B-R-I-L-E-S. Follow Judith on Twitter at My Book Shepherd and on Facebook at The Book Shepherd. One of the most important decisions you will ever make is your choice for printing your book. You are choosing a company which will be responsible for guiding you through the process and printing your book at a level of quality and detail that embraces your personal and creative needs. You want to choose a company that when your book finally arrives, you are delighted and ready to move on to the next level and one that is customer focused. Choose King Printing Company and Addy Books to be that company that brings you to the next level. Go to kingprinting.com or call 978-458-2345 and ask for Tom Campbell. At Total Printing Systems, customer service is our priority. We are located in Southern Illinois. Our employees have an average of 18 years experience and know that customer relationships are important to our continued success. We have been a short-run book printer for nearly 40 years and always stay at the forefront of technology. Our niche is from 1 to 5,000 copies. Today, we offer digital black and white and four-color high-speed inkjet printing, a cost-effective way to introduce color into your short-run titles. We, of course, offer traditional offset printing as well. Bindery is done in-house, from adhesive case binding to PUR perfect binding to mechanical binding of all types, including side sewing. We provide warehousing, kitting, distribution, inventory management, a new print-on-demand facility, streaming browser-based ebooks, and bookstore. Call us at 1-800-465-5200 for a quote on your next book project. You can also visit our website at www.tps1.com. Welcome back to your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. If you want to write and publish a book, if you want to be successful as an author, your guide to book publishing, everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask, is for you. Stay tuned and you'll hear about statistics, scenarios, and strategies on what to do now to get you published. So let's get back to the show. And here again is your host, Dr. Judith Bryles. Our final segment with Julianne Eastman. We're really talking, uh, Eason, we're really talking about how to be successful. And it all starts with strategy. It starts with your mindset. And it starts with you being a little bit flexible, creative, and and I, I really don't like the phrase, think outside of the box, because I think if you have to do that, you should have removed the box in the first place. So, in, in creating where you, you go. Boxes are so 
20s. <laughs> it, well, whenever that phrase came up, um, it, it, it is it is uh, dated and it's very cliched on that. But there's some really some strategies that you have to think about that makes you a little bit different. Um, and, and I want to remind all of you that coming up in September is the 7th Annual Author You Extravaganza. And that I'd love to have, I'd love to meet you all. Come to Denver, Colorado. The dates are September 15th through the 17th. The early bird ends on August 5th. So if you want to save a hundred bucks, get there, get registered. There's a free shuttle from the airport. You'll, you'll fly into DIA, Denver International Airport, if you're coming from out of town. But you, you can't afford to miss it. And here's something that I do. I, you know, I may have some of the same speakers, although we always have new speakers and I have some killer programs this year, but over 25 speakers, 25 programs, if you can imagine, and there's nothing repeated. Now, how cool is that? So make it a perennial event, but it, find everything at authoru.org. Just click on events. Be here in, in Denver, Colorado, September 15th through 17th. Um, which is like seven weeks away. All right, so Julianne, we're talking strategy, and of course, there's there's this mindset of just getting ready to go, 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 go. Um, that how does that tie in with our publishing options? How does it tie in with our book marketing? Um, is is there a best time that you should be thinking about strategy? And what happens if you get off track? I mean, I, those are all loaded questions. Wow, that's a lot of stuff. Okay. <laughs> that really really quickly there you um, go. <laughs> so when first of all the best time to think about strategy is before you start however most people listening to this have probably already started or even already published their books so don't be disheartened you can always start a strategy anytime you know you yes. can you can take what you've yes. done and you can modify the strategy sometimes you know, sometimes your book will go off track and you'll go in a completely different direction. This happens to my ghostwriting clients all the time because I will write what they said they wanted and then they'll go, oh, no, 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 that's not what I wanted at all. And then they'll go off and they'll write a completely different book, which is par for the course. And I expect it so I don't make a big deal out of it. However, they realize that there's a strategy that has to happen. And before they come and talk to me, they're like, I don't understand the strategy. So sometimes you have to change the book. And when that happens, you have to change the strategy, and it's okay. As long as you know who you're writing for and what you want to happen when that author or when that reader closes the book, you have the makings of, well, how do I make that happen? What do I do in the book? What do I do in my social media? How can I make, how can I make people who read this book come to my bakery? How can I make people or encourage people who read this book to buy the next three books or the past three books that I wrote? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and, including you know, things I, like that. And I think I need to add that sometimes your strategy needs to change because of circumstances, because of yeah. maybe uh, unbelievable happenings in your industry or your field, or maybe even to you, that there needs to be a, r- a right turn. And that is okay. You know, that is okay. But you need to have something to, st- to get you off the starting line, I think both Julianne and I are saying. Yeah, and the whole the whole idea is that if you set in your head who you're writing for, who is your target audience, very specifically, and what is the goal that you want to happen, your strategies can change all the time, but those two things don't change. Those are your guideposts. Those are your, you know, your 
end destination point you type into Siri when they're trying to tell you where to go. Sometimes there's construction. Sometimes, you know, there's a bridge out and you have to go around and that's fine. Your strategies can change, but you're not going to change what you want to happen with that book. And it's, it's usually, I want them to buy another book or I want them to come buy something from me or I want them to come and, and be a consulting client or one of those. You know, it's, it's, there's only a few things you want to happen. Mm-hmm. And usually you know pretty well who your target audience is. I want to reach mystery readers or I want to reach um, people in the Internet marketing space or I want to reach you know, people in the restaurant industry. Like you, you, you'll know what those things are and they don't change. But having them in the front of your mind is the most important thing. As you're writing the book, as you're marketing the book, whatever you're doing, so, so important. One other thing I really wanted to mention because it has come up a bunch of times recently with my clients is People, when we're talking about marketing right now, people will write their books and then they start thinking about marketing, which is a mistake to start with. You should be thinking about marketing the whole time. But especially with social media, they want to make memes and they want to put which are just put the pictures with quotes and they want to, you know, have blog articles. And they, there's all of this extra content that has to be produced. Your book is that content. You don't have to come up with new stuff. You can come up with new stuff if you want to, and eventually, you know, more and more things are going to come out of conversations. But your book, as you're writing it, little quotes are going to pop out at you. Keep track of them while you're writing. Even if they end up in the, in the edit pile and, you don't, and they don't end up in the book, if they're a good quote, use them. You know, every, every time I start a book, I have a, a separate folder in my Scrivener file that has all of the things that pop out to me as this would make a great blog post and maybe it's 500 words that I just wrote, or this would make a great social media quote. Mm -hmm. So by the Mm -hmm. time I'm done writing the book, I have all my content done. Actually, by the time I'm done with my first draft, because it's okay if I use things that don't end up in the book. And that's something people don't think about. I I love what you're saying. And I hope everyone will better, better bookmark this or come back and listen to it again, because this is critical that when you have a book, especially a nonfiction, let me tell you, you're done. You, you don't have to write a blog for a year because right. all the content is there. It's copy paste, maybe a little tweaky introduction, you know, a hot tip, start it with a question uh, to, to suck them in. Make sure that you please use the right keywords in your headers. <laughs> please use the right keywords. <laughs> That's, a whole other, a whole other interview. That's, That's another discussion we'll do. All right. So yeah. critical. So, the, so what? We covered marketing. We covered right. writing. Mm-hmm. Um, publishing. So decide what is the goal and is traditional publishing going to get you there? Maybe, maybe not. If you want to be, you know, a mainstream author on the bookshelves of every bookstore in the world and you think you have the chops for that and an agent agrees with you and, you know, a publishing house agrees with you and that's where you want to go and all you want to do is sit at your desk and write. Maybe traditional publishing is the way to go for you. But for most people, it's like, okay, I got a couple of options. I can go with CreateSpace or I can create my own, you know, my own imprint and use my own ISBNs um, or I can go find an indie publisher. What are you going to do with this book? What's the outcome? Are you going to sell it at the back of the room? Do you need to be able to print a bunch of copies and send them over to a hotel where you're speaking? You know, then self-publishing is what you need to do. And in order to look more professional, you really want to have your own ISBN and your own imprint that you're not, so it doesn't look like it came from CreateSpace. Not difficult concepts, not anything you have to spend a lot of time strategizing about, but it's important. You know, a lot of people really, really do want Simon & Schuster's name on their book, you know, and that's okay if you can 
if you can get the, the gig and, and you're happy with the way that that process works, cool. But if it's not, you have other options. And, there's, and it, you want to think about it strategically. You want to think about the end goal and what is mm-hmm. going to best get you to that goal. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Julianne, let me just go through very quickly. Here are the, here are the, the kind of the four quickie things that, that will separate which way you go very quickly. That if timing is one of them, and Julianne just hit on this. So if you've got a very topical uh, topic, if your book needs to get out there, um, and you can't wait at least 18 months, traditional publishing is not your path. Because that is what the, the time lag is basically. And you're, you're not even adding in trying to connect with an agent, shopping it around, putting the deal together. It's 18 months from the time the contract is signed. So right now, we are now in the middle of June, I mean of July, actually marching toward uh, August here. So we have five months left in 216. So if you if you signed a contract with a traditional publisher, let's say on Monday morning, this, the, this coming Monday morning, your book is not coming out until the spring of 2018. Is that going to work for you? And if and that's it's not, right back. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, and I'm assuming you're done. I'm assuming yeah. you're signing your contract. All right, you've got it to going. You're good to go. So you're in deep doo-doo here. The next thing is control. If it's really important how your book looks, how it feels, you know, traditional publishing isn't going to do because they don't care what your input is. And then there is, you know, I'm I'm really into that. And then quality. I think the quality has really deteriorated a lot in traditional publishing. I mean, they even lose less woo. And then the last thing is money. You can make more money. And the average author, average author does not sell more than 5,000 copies during the life of a book with a traditional publisher. That means in your pocket, anywhere from 3,500 to 5,000. That's it. Will that work for you? All right. There's my four tips. And you know what, Julianne, we're out of time. So I want to thank you. I want to thank you all. So let's do this again. I want to bring you back and I want to talk about the ins and outs of ghostwriting and and, and do that. All right. So it's author you, your guide to book publishing. Have a great, great coming weekend. Keep writing, keep thinking publishing and get your strategy and goal setting in mind. This is Judith Bryant. Thank you for being a part of your guide to book publishing. Everything you want to know but didn't know what to ask. With your host, Dr. Judith Bryles.